It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, the ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on all things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's the answer. I'm Chris Ryan. I'm joined as always by Sirit Sohi. What's up, Sirit? How's it going, Chris? I love basketball. Me I'm too. not afraid, and I'm not afraid who knows it. It's just been quite a week here in the NBA. Uh, Sirit and I wanted to hit a bunch of different things. So basically, what you usually get in game 15 or wherever we're at right about now is is the sort of is this real is this fake we're we're just trying to like embrace the possible here on the answer so what Sir and i are doing this week is we are leaning into our nba season affirmations this is our wish list of things that we've seen that we want to see continue and it's just been a great week of basketball here i thought we could just kick it off with this general note you know so there's been a lot of discussion about the rule changes and how it has uh, adversely impacted people like Dame Lillard or Trey Young or James Harden, but has contributed to an overall improvement of the product, the flow of the game's better, scores have come down, it's more physical, etc. I think that's true. Obviously, I think that's true. But I've, I feel like what it's also making me do is appreciate different parts of basketball that maybe the last couple of seasons I haven't noticed or gotten a chance to watch because so much of what we were seeing was wrapped up in um, not grifting. Like, I don't want to get too carried away where like the, the sins of a few, like is like the sin of the league or something, but then no, I do let's, th- let's moralize. Let's do but it. I, I felt like the product was starting to get more and more homogenous that more and more teams were like giving up interesting mid to close range shots to hunt for threes that there was um, a lot of hunting for th- hunting for fouls when attempting threes and that the game was just really choppy. And when I look at all these things that I've loved about the early part of the season, I think a lot of them come down to this is the basketball that I grew up with, but like way better with way better playmakers and way better athletes and way more uh, inventiveness on the perimeter. But I'm starting to see more 
games that feel like they're decided on physicality and defense and different things like that. And it's just been so exciting. This is honestly, honestly, like been the most fun I've had watching basketball in a couple of years. Yeah, this was kind of the perfect counterbalance. It's kind of gone exactly the way that you would have hoped. Uh, the only people who are like, you know, a rule is good when like the only people who are mad about it are the ones that it directly impacts. Like nobody else is on their side saying like, oh, you know what? I actually miss the days of, of Trey Young or Steph Curry or, or Dame Lillard, like veering into other people and potentially hurting themselves. Um, you know, potentially like, you know, landing in situations that would get their own ankles sprained in order to to try to draw fouls. Um, I think, you know, in time, they'll learn to love it, too. You know, sure. Yeah. You know, this is maybe an adjustment period for them. But, you know, I I believe in, you know, I I believe in good basketball, just bringing everybody together. And I think, you know, they'll. They'll get there. One Those guys are way too good to not be all NBA caliber players. Like they'll figure it out. It was really funny. I don't, did you get a chance to watch Lakers? Um, Lakers Heat last night at all? Yeah. So uh, towards the end of that game, Kyle Lowry managed to get himself uh, fouled on a three point attempt by Malik Monk hooked him, and there was literally a quorum. Like LeBron dressed in all camp like green camo, Vogel, uh, Malik Monk. I think none was getting involved in in the proceedings all surrounding the referee and they were all doing the same like reenactment of Kyle Lowry's shooting motion Mm -hmm. and the ref was just like I called it the way I called it but they're like no but he went like this no but he went like this and it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be like this and it was just like this is the probably the most comedic aspect of this is these guys trying to like litigate it but it was kind of awesome like that was one of the only times I've seen a guy at least last night it was like one of the only times I've seen a guy really get like a bs call out on the perimeter like that yeah like there there is like an extra sort of like drama to the proceedings right now even the fact that we're calling them proceedings like ever in the early you know especially the first few games like i just wrote a feature on the hawks so like i've been watching the trey young referee kind of conflict it's become pretty contentious at this point um it feels almost like you know they're they're blowing the whistle on him a little bit early these days and he's been pretty in in philly they did actually that philly game um like the four-point play yeah uh that he gave up he kind of just like it was a dismissive arm flick and uh he got called for a tech um he's been he's been like sneak dissing them um post game it's not yeah it's not a great dynamic right now between (laughs) between those two uh those two entities but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, there is an extra sort of layer right now where we're kind of watching um, both sides try to figure out like what's going to be right or wrong, and then it allows like it allows the team like the Lakers to then like put some extra pressure on and be like, well, no, I mean, look, what's the spirit? Are we really like are- the spirit of the rules? You know, like is this is not really going to be effective if we don't actually implement it. This is actually very important for you to you got to take a stand, referee. The Lakers are are, <laughs> are are the team encapsulation of the well actually guy on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's just a matter of you know actually it kind of you you and Sean talked about this last week on 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 the on the watch pod about succession. Like, there's a lot of laws that exist, and uh, only the ones that actually you know are used in practice matter. Um, oh, so, you yeah. know, this is like a good moment for the Lakers <laughs> to put on some pressure. Um, so yeah, the Lakers <laughs> the Lakers are actually my number one early season trend that I don't want to see go away. It's my, it's my like, the thing I want to just keep going throughout the season. I know this isn't good for Lakers fans, but right now, Succession's on, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Narcos Mexico, back for the season finale. Yellowstone's back. I got all my TV is on. But the number one show on television right now is Lakers fourth quarters. 
like it is the f- full tapestry of human emotion is on display during Lakers fourth quarters. I never want it to stop. Can I just run through some of this stuff real quick for you? Yeah, so let's do it. Cardiac Lakers just never get heart medication, guys. As of Thursday afternoon, the Lakers average margin was, uh, you know, victory loss. Like their games are coming down to about less than a point. They barely beat Memphis. They go to OT against San Antonio for a win. They collapse twice in the fourth to OKC. They beat Houston by a bucket. And their last two games against the Hornets in the Heat at home have been decided by three points each, both of which went to OT. Last night, or we're recording this on Thursday, so Wednesday night's game against the Heat was fucking curb your enthusiasm. It was so good. It was five-second calls, Russ Heat checks, Malik Monk's going nuts, guys are throwing the ball out of bounds, guys are colliding into people. Anthony Davis can't get a post up, but like winds up getting like 14 rebounds in the last five minutes, it seemed like. Everything is happening. They're beatable on every night. They can also beat anyone. I, you know, I don't know how long LeBron is going to go out. going to be out. There was the rumor that like his abdominal injury might be like a month or something. I, I, I want, I, I just want this to continue for as long as possible because it honestly feels like March Madness every night. And even when they win, I don't even feel like they feel good about it because they almost lost all the time. Yeah, there's like there's this there's this tenor with every Lakers game that's just like, well, we still need to be better than this. I mean, which is it's good that they see that. Uh, last night against the Heat was really funny because it was a game that the Lakers kind of should have controlled, like pretty much the moment that Jimmy Butler sprained his ankle. Um, and there were a lot of reasons for the Heat to lose. Like they just weren't really shooting well all game. Um, they were creating a ton of open threes. It took like a pretty bad Tyler Hero night, um, which we don't really see as much of anymore um and yeah the sprained ankle it took like you know bam just having like a really awkward fourth and like the heat were just like kind of like here take this game take this game yeah like let me let us let us miss let us worry about denver yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it took it was it was funny to watch the lakers come back because it was like Guys, like, this should have happened a while ago, but you just have, like, you know, it's like it's just like the late Russell Westbrook experience. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I know that they have, they're missing none. They're missing LeBron. They're missing Ariza. They're missing Austin Reeves. I think there's a couple of other guys hurt. They played, like, eight or nine guys against the Heat. But out of the chaos, a hero will rise. Every night, it seems like it's either Russ, triple-double, but almost quadruple-double with turnovers, mm-hmm. It's last night Malik Monk going like apparently he had to have LeBron explain who Vinnie Johnson was to him, which really touches my heart. Malik Monk Island is a place that I've bought land but have yet to develop because, you know, the architectural plans keep getting rejected by the city planning commission. But I'm really excited to build there. I've, I've lived there for quite a while. He's exactly who I want to see going off in Lakers games early in the season. I know that later in the year it's going to probably get all figured out and it'll be AD and LeBron and Russ and Rondo and Mello or something. And it'll be like, yeah, you guys are kicking ass. But I don't know. While it's crazy chaotic like this, I'm really, really, really enjoying the Lakers experience. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's a really good watch just between like, you know, you get like Frank Vogel just really frustrated on, on the bench. And then like you get like also Anthony Davis just, man – there are games when you just don't know what you're there are plays you just don't know what you're gonna get with him he's just not really like I feel like Lakers fans are pretty frustrated with him he's forgotten how to shoot threes um and still likes taking them though yeah oh loves taking them loves taking the mid-range jumpers and yeah it's just like you just don't really know what you're gonna get with him like there's moments like last night where Bam kind of got the best of him um 
and just like everything around like everything around the Lakers is always just a little bit more interesting. And then like you bring in somebody like Russell Westbrook, who has always just been like so polarizing. You never know what you're gonna get. It just creates a really unpredictable experience that doesn't like there's nothing like wrong going on in LA, you know? Like that's kind of the strange thing with all of this is this is all very much exactly what we expected. You know, like Westbrook being able to 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 you know, win them some games with uh, with LeBron Hurt has actually, like, borne itself out. Like, there are times that it, that it does work out, but it is the Westbrook experience. So it means that, like, yeah, there's going to be times that it might get to, like, you know, they might win the next two games. It might be five and three, but there's going to be, like, there's always going to be a regression. <laughs> in the past, in the, in, the, in the more recent years, like the last couple years of the AD-LeBron experience, there was a feeling of inevitability. So, like, even if they're down seven, down seven, down seven, you're just like, they're going to flip the switch. AD's going to go to the five. LeBron will key in. This is over you know like that's yeah it. but with Westbrook it's like hey maybe this whole place will turn into a f- flea market like who knows maybe we'll start <laughs> selling like second like secondhand goods in the, in the aisles like we never know what's gonna happen here it's like there is an absolute joker like element to the team now I can't wait till LeBron comes back because I don't know how he is going to control it. It's one thing to be like, JR, stand there, shoot this. Mm-hmm. But like, Westbrook is Westbrook. Yeah, I don't think you can control it. I feel like that's always just been a fact with him. And it's not just Westbrook. It's just like, this is what the team is. Like, he wanted guys that had the ball in their hands more. Like, you don't really know. What you're, like, Malik Monk is really not a guy that you know what you're going to get from, get anything from him either. So, yeah, it's fun, honestly. Because, like, you go into these fourth quarters and it's really just like anything can happen. Like you might see like even like Lakers games in general, like you just might see it open with like Russell four times in a row lobbing it to DeAndre or, or, or Dwight Howard. Like he's I think he's like second or first in the league in like in lob passes with the Lakers. So that's fun. That's like actually effective. It's like a really good use of his skills. Um, but then, you know, you just you don't know if it's going to last the whole game. And like there's other games where it's just like turnover after turnover. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. The analogy I would make right now is that Lakers basketball is like partying in New Orleans. It's like when you go to New Orleans and like that third night you've been there, you're like, oh my God, like this is each night in New Orleans is a month of going out, but then you're there three nights and you're just like, how is this still happening? That's what Lakers games are like right now. Like any, any, there was like four or five things that happened in the heat game, like Dwight fouling out in 11 minutes. That would be the most notable thing that happened to any other basketball team in a week. And instead that all happens in the fourth quarter to, to the Lakers. They can't get out of their own way. It's amazing stuff to watch. What's your first thing that you want to see continue throughout the season? My hope for this season is just that Gary Payton the second is is more than a flash in the pan. This is honestly one of my favorite storylines uh, this this season. Uh, Gary Payton the second has been like he's been floating in the NBA for like in and around the NBA, just getting like different ten day contracts, like playing in the G League for five years, uh, which is a really long time to kind of just be like waiting on the edges, and like I think the NBA is now at a place where it's almost conspired to allow him to exist. Uh, like GP two is like, he's like six, two, uh, he's really athletic. Uh, he is not much of a shooter at all. Uh, never really has been. Um, and just doesn't really have like a lot of offensive skill. So this is just like, like if you look at what we consider to be like the prerequisites for being in the modern NBA, this is just a guy that like, is not supposed to be here at all, right? 
Um, but I think like what we've seen in the last few years is just like, like Bruce Brown on the Nets. Mm-hmm. The more amazing the superstars get, like the the better they get at shooting and playmaking. Like the more attention they get, like the more it kind of creates this strange lane for like the really gritty guys, like like the the versatile like defenders and and like the athletic guys who can like cut into space to actually exist. That's a really good point. So, are there other people besides Bruce and Bruce Brown and Gary Payton that you're thinking of in particular? Uh, those two are probably the ones that stick out the most in terms of like, you know, just looking like basketball players. Um, like I like I wrote an article a long time ago about how we were seeing like a lot more Draymond Green types in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, because of the same phenomena, like the more skilled all the stars get, like the more room it leaves for like, you know, first of all, you need the counterbalance. If you're going to be a contender, like you need toughness, you need defense. Um, so the better the team, like the more valuable those traits are. That's why like, you know, Bruce Brown can exist on the nets because like KD, Harden, Joe Harris, same thing now with the Warriors. Now they're back to kind of yeah. being the Warriors. Right. Um, but I think, I think it's more of like a product of a really well-oiled offense than it is like, what the players themselves are doing so yeah like if you have more teams like this you'll see more of this type of player but i don't know i don't know if it's gonna like if it's gonna create like a a new trend or anything but i think like just seeing these guys it's fun because it's like it it just lets like first of all we get to see something kind of new in basketball but we also like you know for a guy that's been like just knocking on the door for five years just to see the conditions of the league change a little bit more so he can yeah, actually it's like the make campaign it. it's thing cool, all man. over again yeah, yeah. Like, like guys who are like almost out of the league this is the pj tucker story writ large where pj was basically out in the wilderness before he became essentially the swiss army knife for contenders and it's awesome to watch i would that that warriors timberwolves game on wednesday night was like that that the ecstasy in that building right now is is mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Like you can tell how much they missed winning basketball. I'm surprised how like generous I'm feeling. Where I'm just like I'm. I mean, not even generous because the Warriors pre KD to me were just like about as good as basketball can be played. Mm-hmm. But watching those guys freak out over GP two and and Wiggins dunks and doing like synchronized swimming routines on the sideline, like falling out of their chairs on the bench and like the crowds going nuts. It's really cool to see. I've never seen Andre Iguodala smile this much in uh, yeah. the regular season. He seems incredibly happy to be yeah. here. Yeah. 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 And I'm happy to watch them, you know, like take me back. You know, I feel like that's always been my consistent position with the, with the Warriors. Generally speaking, the Warriors have had like, there's been a little bit of like, who have they, who have they beaten yet stuff about the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that like, this is more a product of like a long homestand with some less than great opposition? Or do you think that this team is for real, for real? I actually, I picked the Warriors to win the West, so I kind of figured they'd be for real, for real, no matter what. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's like, you know, the, the schedule has been pretty soft. And I think the rubble will hit the road at some point because, I mean, Curry can't keep playing like, I mean, he can, but he can't, you know, not like all yeah. the time. I went, When Draymond tweaked his, I think it, they said thigh contusion, but I thought it might be the knee and I was like, ah, shit. Yeah, yeah, it kind of felt like, oh, okay, all right, we're going to kind of get into dark times a little bit more here. Uh, But I do think it'll be way easier than last season. Like, when injuries hit them last season, they just weren't as deep. Um, And I think they have, like, a couple more guys that can can step up. They have a little bit more youth. So I think that, like... I think they'll be fine. I think, like, the reason I picked them to, to win the championship is just that, like, of all the things that could break right for a team, they feel like the team that would have the most 
amount of things break right like i know it sounds like it's almost like a little bit mystical but it's also just kind of rooted in like this is a very competent team like yeah when they are together they've been happy to be together they're really good problem solvers like i think out of all of like you know every every team kind of has like a series of questions going into a season about like okay well you know with the warriors it's like what are we going to get out of out of the rookies out of Wiseman, like you know is clay going to be healthy like there's variables you can't control but then there's also a lot of stuff that you can and they just tend to like i kind of trust these guys to be able to figure out most of the stuff that they, they seem like they just out. picked right this year. They picked right yeah. with the guys that they added. They picked right with like adding Kenny Atkinson to the to the coaching staff. Like yeah. everything about it just seems to have like slid right and Auto Porter looks talk, good. Yeah, and there's talk that Clay could be back at Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, they they still haven't gotten Wiseman back. They haven't really gotten a ton out of Kamingo or Moody yet. So it's like it's kinda it'll be really fascinating. I think also like look look, these kinds of like opens to the season to go ten and one, it buys you a lot of breathing room. Whereas, like, a team like the Lakers does have to, like, kind of scratch and claw now, you know, a little bit. They don't want to be below sixth. And the, the plan does create a little bit of regular season tension, I think, in that way. Yeah, and also, I mean, like, it kind of it kind of also gives, like, all the younger guys on the team, all of, like, the newer additions and the people that, like, who weren't part of the championship run just, like, a sense that, oh, okay, this is actually serious. Like, we went 10-1 and one to start the season. Just having that beginning to give them like okay like this now the perspective on this season is like we can actually fight for a championship i think that just changes individually like the way that people you know just you know behave in in a seasons and i think if you extrapolate that onto the warriors guys like you know i think a player like andrew wiggins is like much more likely to to go and have a career year now if uh not not to say that he is like the wolves game was kind of like one of his first good games um after which by the way curry was like curry was low key like kind of i don't i i like trying to like motivate him through the press it felt like yeah. uh, did you did you see that yeah you know he said that he's gonna text wiggins uh the dunk that he had over cat before every game because like <laughs> that's the type of andrew wiggins he wants to see and he was just talking about like when well, no, it's it's nice to get a preview of like what he can look like when he's when he's being this aggressive yeah. which I don't want to say it was backhanded but it felt a little bit more like you know kind of pushing him to be like come on dude like just against your like now that you're playing like the best the NBA team, is like or like your guys your, your who former, have the talent. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's full of guys who have the talent to score 35 points a night. You know yeah. what I mean? But they just don't do it for whatever reason. It's like mm-hmm. Malik Monk can do what he did last night. Andrew Wiggins can do what he did on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. It's just there's the the thing that makes you a star is being able to do it three to four times a week. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma the other day, uh, he against the Cavs, he said that the uh the Cavs fans motivated him I think they like they said something along the lines of like you know like if you you know like Kyle Kuzma is like nobody without LA or something you're nobody um, without or LeBron like, and I think or like nobody like, without LeBron and yeah. he was basically just like right back at you yeah. um, <laughs> and then he was just like you know like that motivated me and it was just funny because it was like man like if you really like this totally goes against the spirit of of this podcast which is just we're just trying to speak positive things to into existence but like um, Wiggins and, and, and Kyle Kuzma both have they they have plenty of doubters. Like if they want to dig into the well and just do this all season, yeah, like they totally could. D- just get the ch- the chip on the shoulder going. Yeah, like bring back being motivated by slights. <laughs> right. We're all trying to be a little too balanced here. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's three p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. 
available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's 2 for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Speaking of that Wizards-Cavs game, here's my second one. And we haven't done this yet, so I'm excited to do it. It's a rite of passage on the ringer right now, which is two or more podcast hosts sound like they are on DMT talking about Evan Mobley. Like, we we haven't really had the Evan Mobley conversation. He's my favorite basketball player to watch right now. You know, when uh, Kyle Mann went on Bill's pod and they were throwing around names like KG and Akeem, it's a lot, you know what I mean? You can't get mm-hmm. much higher than that. I, I just, I, I know that, like, a lot, there's a lot more to come, but I can't, I can't get over how, like, much i love watching this guy play basketball he basically is like a complete basketball player 15 games into his career ever since sexton went down his usage is spiking chris favor had a good piece in cleveland.com just talking about like what he's doing right now i'll just go through briefly just to say he is uh well first of all it's worth mentioning that the Cavs in general especially when they're featuring mobley they're currently fourth in assist percentage eighth in total passes and 25th in isos so it's a team that shares the ball it's a team that's moving the ball through Mobley, especially over these last couple of games. Already on defense, you, you guys know the drill. Like, I, I can't remember wh- who they were playing, but there was, like, a play where I was, like, I looked up, and Mobley backpedaled the entire length of the court in transition to get back on defense, got to the paint, took him three strides to do that, and then exploded out to the, to the, to the three-point arc, to block to like disrupt a three-point shot like i've never seen defenders like do stuff like that we've been talking for like 10 years about unicorns i finally Mm -hmm. have seen one in the wild (laughs) it's it's really 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 powerful it really is um evan mobley is like he's like what we think bull bull could be you know like we're we're all we're Sir, he's not projecting we thought when I see. Gonna be. he's thought we thought towns was gonna <laughs> yeah, be yeah i'm projecting when i say we um i'm maybe i mean there are probably a couple of people that are just trying to manifest a a, a real bull bull career just because of how fun it would look um but yeah he's probably like just one of the single most fun players to watch in the nba right now he's like 
it's it's so it's almost like because he's still so skinny too right like it's like watching like a skeleton kind of like traverse the court and then also like oh by the way i'm actually no i'm strong enough to block this shot um yeah it's 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 a lot of fun and then the Cavs too like just like they have like a weird thing going where they're playing like a lot of like big players at the same time and it's like kind of working but we'll kind of see if it does but yeah i don't know and he's hitting like every shot too yeah it's it's elbow jumpers it's three-pointers it's finishes rim running it's like it's everything he's he can go off the dribble he can finish on a pick and roll he has like a great two-man game with rubio a pretty good two-man game with garland uh i love how he plays with jared allen it's it's just every night it's i i want cleveland to keep winning so that his performances aren't happening in a vacuum you know what i mean yeah like sometimes with rookies you're like oh but they're only gonna win like 28 games but it's still cool to watch this guy cook Mm-hmm. I want him to have Cleveland as a playoff contender. It's like, that's what I think the league needs it. Mobley is, is just such an incredible, incredible player. I hope more and more people get to watch him. I wish they, they could, I wish they could flex Cleveland into all the new Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought, who would have thought that the, re- the real action would be in Cleveland? Um, it's, it's kind of like an increasing thing that's happening too in the league where all of these rookies that come in are just so smart. Um, like my, so my second, my second affirmation is just that like Scotty Barnes never hits a rookie wall. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I want. That's all I want for, for Scotty Barnes, for the Raptors, man. Like, I feel like he's like this gift. He's like this gift that came to them for having to spend this whole season in Tampa, which they like, they clearly hated. And it like, just like, I mean, man, like, I don't know if this is like, just like overly dramatic on their part, but like, I remember hearing Masai say that like, he thought it set the franchise back by like five years or something. Um, now I don't, he didn't say that he said that a while ago. I think, uh, he has, he hadn't seen Scotty Barnes in a, in a Raptors uniform at that point. Uh, cause like, this is kind of like what you dream of happening. If you're a middling team, like the Raptors, like it's almost like what happened to the Spurs, uh, when, uh, when David Robinson got hurt and they got to draft Tim Duncan, like not to say that Scotty Barnes is Tim Duncan by any means, but just like being able to get a player that's like this talented, um, just off of like a one season sort of like accidental, not even tank, but like we tried, it was just like the the circumstances didn't really allow us to win. And it's like, you know, the first year of the new lottery rules so that like, you know, they can step up to four. Like it's just, I mean, it's, it's great for them and he is just so fun to watch. Like, He's incredible. Yeah. He's like, he's always smiling. He's like the, I think he's like the single happiest person that I see on TV ever. Um, especially with the shows that you mentioned being on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so much fun to watch him. And he's like, he's bigger than OG Anunobi, um, which is honestly like just a sentence that you should never be able to say about like a rookie wing ever. And, like, they just run with, with him, you know? Like, they just defend and run, and, like, they will probably make the playoffs based on that, and, like, that's that's pretty good. I don't know. It's just, like, it's they're a really fun team to watch this season, and every, every game he kind of does something new, which is, like, always, like, the cool thing about rookies. You know, like, we, we don't really dwell on this too much, but you're, you're absolutely right about the Tampa thing. Like, the fact that that team is just, like, playing in Florida is kind of unremarked upon, I think, in terms of, like, recent NBA history. And the fact that a city didn't have their team in town, even if they wouldn't have been able to attend games in person. I mean, there's there's something to be said about that. I'm so happy for Toronto Raptors fans that they get a guy, like, after losing Lowry, after losing Gasol, after losing, uh, after losing Kawhi, obviously. Mm-hmm. For them to have, like, 
a guy who they can at least be like this this dude is ours for like four to seven years is really cool do you think he's gonna still will the fit with him and og and now siakam coming back like how do you see that working out there's kind of like two different directions it could go it's it's a lot like i mean i was i was trying to look at if it if it kind of compared to the cab situation just like with them playing like Allen mobley mm-hmm. um marking at the same time like having a coro and stuff like just a bunch of defenders on the floor um and it I, for some reason like it, it doesn't the, the Cavs are strangely like not so they're not like they're getting killed on the offensive boards and they're not really blocking any shots which is weird i guess for for what the person yeah, I mean, like, is mobley but, is contesting a lot of stuff but yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah um the raptors though i mean they are kind of actually what you would imagine with like a team full of guys that have like seven foot wingspans um it's kind of yeah so actually dan uh dan devine wrote a piece about this at the ringer today so um and he talked about like they have i mean they have like multiple guys that can just defend and they i think like they're leading the league in like points off turnovers and I think that type of thing is like is likely to continue because I think like what we found in the finals is just that size compounds. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's watching watching the Bucks in the finals just like with the amount of size that they have around Giannis, who is also like I mean he might he is like the rangiest player in the NBA probably like he is like the he is like the positional ideal of like all of these guys that that the Raptors have drafted over the last few years. Um, like watching him. I think it kind of made me realize that, like, if there ever is going to be an antidote to the pace and space revolution, it's going to be a team that kind of looks like that. Interesting. Um, and I think that's kind of what the Raptors have built here. Like, when they drafted Scotty, a lot of Raptors fans were upset because, well, first of all, everybody thought that Jalen Suggs should have been the number number four pick. I think this was, they obviously surprised a lot of people by taking Yeah, replaced Lowry with this guy who just went to the finals and was, like, the best player in the final four. Yeah. Well, intuitively, it made a lot of sense because they need that guy. Like, the, they still need that guy, right? Like, they don't have a lot of scoring. They don't have a lot of playmaking. Like, you know, OG Ananobi is, like, they live and die with, with OG Ananobi. And, like, that's just, you know, I, as much progress as he's made, um, just not a sentence you really want to be saying Yeah, ever. but you know what? Isn't yeah. OG kind of like a, a, a different variation on what you're talking about with guys like GP2? Where it's like, oh, like, when this role player gets a chance to be the featured star on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the maybe the Raptors aren't like what they were three seasons ago or something, but like look mm-hmm. at what he's doing with this opportunity. Yeah, I think the difference with him is probably just like the ability to actually create some shots. Like he he's kind of developing more into a traditional perimeter player, but he does have that. And like yeah, like that is what allowed him to stay on the floor in the early seasons like when he couldn't handle the ball and like he couldn't step back and shoot and everything too. Like it was just more yeah, like, cause yeah, cause like the Raptors were a lesser version of a team that couldn't really defend. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Like they weren't championship level, but they needed to counterbalance and and have you know have a guy like him like be, be able to play. That's kind of how a lot of these guys have gotten on the floor, actually. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like the theme of what we're kind of talking about with OG or with with Mobley and Barnes, and it has been such a like delightful rookie class. I I've loved watching Giddy. I like watching Jalen Green. I've, I enjoyed watching Cade versus Jalen last night on Wednesday. Yeah, it's the the thing that I like though is we're appreciating guys for all these different things that they can do beyond scoring or besides scoring. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Scotty Barnes's Swiss Army knife ishness is great. Mobley's defense is incredible. You know, 
Giddy does a lot of like hockey assist stuff that I really like watching. It's just really cool to see like these different elements of basketball get highlighted earlier in part of the season as the like he's in his bag stuff has been sort of tamped down a little bit. And even if he's in his bag, and this kind of leads me to my next one that I want to talk about, it's there's a tons of different ways to score. And if you want to see every single way you can score a basketball, watch Chicago Bulls. So Sir and I talked a little bit about Chicago earlier when I think we were getting into the beginning of the season, and I think we had some discussions about whether or not Chicago was a major media market or not. And I, I think that got misinterpreted as not liking the Bulls. But I have to say that they are uh, by far like like one of my favorite things to watch this these opening 15 games. The uh, the combination of Levine, DeRozan, um, Lonzo, and Caruso, whether on the floor together, closing or not, uh, has been really awesome to watch. They have been kind of like this sneaky, positionless basketball team. They somehow are like holding their own on defense. They're I think they like are sixth, the sixth defensive rating team, sixth offensive rating team, maybe fourth uh, net rating team right now. Two guys in the top ten of scoring with Levine and DeRozan. Lonzo looks like he's going to have a career year. Caruso is exactly what was on the package when you bought it. You know, it's just like toughness extra passes a lot of grit a lot of going getting after like loose ball bullshit that like you know the lakers could really probably use and the thing i love about the bulls experience right now is those guys are killers in the fourth quarter they have like Mm -hmm. the best fourth quarter uh scoring margin right now they did it to boston they did it last night to dallas like essentially when you lose that lead to them in the fourth quarter they basically walk away with the game yeah they're too competent offensively to lose um it, when, when you have a lead on them um or when they have when they have a lead on you yeah one of one of the re- responses I th- that we got to uh to the podcast we recorded just kind of like early season you know o- preseason overreactions was somebody saying that we were underrating the bulls um in a podcast in which i said that they were going to be a top four seed i think it was because i reiterated that t- that 538 had them ranked 10th in the eastern conference i was wrong though because they are they are the second <laughs> the second seed in the east right now is the are the so wizards she, the first she was right she yeah. was right yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything has gone right. Everything that you kind of would have hoped to see, um, the stuff that we were talking about in the preseason, like, you know, the backcourt defense with Lonzo and Caruso, it's enough, you know, like it'll, it'll hold you, it'll hold you down. And like DeMar is really actually trying. I think that's actually something that we didn't talk about in an element that we probably don't talk about enough. Like, Sometimes I think that like when there's a free agency signing or a trade, like we think that defense is going to translate. And if it's an effort issue, we should just never make that assumption. Like yeah. ever. Like a different scenario is always just going to get somebody to either they try less or try more based on whatever is happening. Like that is kind of just how it goes. Unless you're, you know, unless you're a player that needs to stay in the league. Like there are guys who play defense every night because like, you know, that's their job and like that's how they keep it. But for a guy like DeMar DeRozan, like just he's trying now. And it reminded me of like late season uh, Raptors before he got traded where he was actually trying to be all these things that you could be for a championship contender. He mm-hmm. just wasn't doing that in San Antonio. He was growing his game in other ways, like becoming a playmaker, but he obviously wasn't doing that in San Antonio. Cause like, honestly, what's the point? And now he's taken like that version and everything he learned there. And he's like one of their best playmakers Yeah, alongside like, you know, being an incredible post mismatch for, for them, like being amazing in isolation alongside Levine. Like it's just, he's, he's fit in, so well and another guy who's fit in so well is Lonzo too like everything 
that you would have hoped Lonzo's going to gonna cost Griffin his job. Like a lot of things are going to cost Griffin his job, but Lon- the Lonzo thing specifically will cost Griffin his job in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it might. I mean, I th- I think like you said, yes. Like it will, you know, <laughs> be a long, a long, a long list of of potential things. But uh, yeah, it's it's just really fun to watch. Like I love good like offensive synchronicity. You know, it's it's just fun. And like the positioning is kind of strange too. Like it's like what is Demar really doing? Um, you know, like where where do you like you know? Is sometimes he's like kind of down low. Other times he's not. Like it's just fun to watch and also like shout out billy donovan like i feel like if you give billy donovan like some ingredients he'll find something interesting to make out of it yeah i'm really i'm I'm happy for billy donovan because i think that like the oklahoma city thing did not like the the, the potential wasn't realized when he first arrived there like to, to have like po- possibly maybe not a dynasty but he had two of the best players in the nba on his team and it didn't work out i love 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 how uh each one of these guys like in the has like a micro identity within the collective of all these guards out on the floor. Like mm-hmm. Demar's a professional. Zach Levine, I know I just was like kind of shit talking, you know, guys in their bag. Like that dude definitely gets all the tote bags from all his like sponsorships of public radio. Like he has like all these like little moves that he pulls. Like he's doing a lot of stuff with like it's not a rip through move, but like while he's on the on the dribble, he'll just like move the basketball around a lot so that it's a like you can't get it away from him, but b he's almost got like passing angles mm-hmm. as like a read pat like a run pass option in football, like where he's like if this is there, then I have like a cut pass or I have like a kick out, but I could also just go up for the for the bucket. It's really cool. And then Lonzo is obviously the facilitator, although he's also now turning into fucking Ray Allen, and uh, Caruso does everything in between. He's the mortar guy, so. There's really, really like enjoyable. I'm how fun is it that we have all these like new newer teams kind of this year to kind of get invested in? I, I don't like seeing Portland suffer. Shout out to our producer Chris Sutton, but like it's fun to have like some different teams in the spotlight this season. Yeah, no, it it, it is. It's like, you know, I think it's weird. I think like the season before it was almost like we were kind of sick of all of the movement. Um, but you know, I think, you know, a couple of necessary shakeups and also just like when people get where they want to go, I think that they tend to just be happier as well. Like, I think what we're seeing in Chicago is just like, you know, the two free agency signings of Lonzo and DeMar. Um, that was the first time in both of their careers that they've like chosen to go to a different team. Like the first like real decision that they've made. And like, they both chose places that like where they, their complementary skill sets are also just like unique to the team um and i think yeah you know it just like it lends itself to just like good vibes honestly like it allows like people to to feel valued i guess also really good uh home, home announcers if you're watching the bulls yes oh my god that's actually been one of the best part of part about parts about being uh the bulls being back it's just like it, the bulls announcers are just next level when the bulls are good what's your last affirmation before we get out of here uh, my last affirmation is actually related to related to the rookies as well. So Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green, we got our first uh, our one first mashup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, one versus two. And I mean, we're gonna be seeing this forever, right? Like, I mean, 
they've both shown enough for us to know that they'll be around. And it was it was a lot of fun. But what I liked the most about it, first of all, actually, Cade had like one of his best games. I think he actually had his best game um, so far. Like he's kind of he's starting to make his way back. Um, like he was coming off an injury, and I think that he was like a little bit rusty in the first few games. But like sure. every, he's actually every single game he's played, he's gotten better, and he had twenty points last night. So like you know, it's it's nice to see him get going. And uh, and I mean, Jalen's just like he's he's a really explosive scorer. I feel like he's gonna have a lot of highlight reel nights this season. Um, but after the game, Jalen, uh, not Jalen, actually Cade in response to basically what has been an off season of Jalen just doing a tour of, I should have been the number one pick and like really like doing the whole chip on my shoulder thing. Mm -hmm. So it was actually pretty funny. So in the fourth quarter, I think it was the fourth quarter of this game in which Jalen also had a turnover and and uh, and a charge against uh, Cade when Cade was guarding him. Like Cade was doing a pretty good job, uh, but he had this dunk as well, in which like Cade was kind of on help side, but he was basically just kind of in the general location. Like you could not call this like a dunk on Cade Cunningham, um, but you know Jalen after dunking in the general direction of, of Cade Cunningham starts screaming in his face, mm. um, and then after the game. Cade Cunningham is basically just like he calls it fake beef essentially he was like oh yeah like I don't know he's just doing that for the cameras basically um which is just I mean the most incredible diss uh especially for like two 20 year olds like I yeah. just don't think that there's something worse that you could say to like Gen Z than to say like oh, it's really obvious that you're chasing Clout right now. And like the, you know, the narrative that you're projecting online, like I can kind of see through it. This is still though, you, you, you love slights motivation. You want more, you want more grievances. You don't, you want like, you, you want that, like the Jimmy Butler, Nikola Jokic energy of like, let's, let's not always be pals, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we're seeing more of that with these, with this generation, because like, I think last like this last generation of guys that was friends like they were friends but they weren't like best friends that grew up together for the most sure. part right um like Kate Cunningham roomed with Scotty Barnes and and Moses Moody right like in like in high school like he is friends with those guys like they are close so like they are close enough to really really want to beat each other Jalen I mean Jalen and Kate I don't know but I yeah. think that there's like that extra level, like where like sometimes you're like if you're friends with somebody, but you're not like that close, like you might go at them in a competitive scenario, but you're not really going to get into that trash talk zone as much because like there's boundaries still. Right. Whereas like if somebody's like actually like one of your best friends, like you'll say anything to them. You definitely won't want to lose to them. You'll make it very clear that you won't want, want to lose to them. I mean, I mean, I might just, all this stuff might be projection, but. No, but as soon as you start putting guys in order of like a draft order like that, I think it inevitably creates like a, a competitive narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, if you know each other, it's just going to make you a little bit more competitive. And as an observer, there's a referendum happening about like what's valuable in basketball. So is it like Cade Cunningham, like routinely making the right play every time down, even if like athletically, it seems like he's a little bit more in third gear than Jalen Green is, or is it Evan Mobley being able to defend five positions? Or is it Scotty Barnes being able to play five positions on offense and defense? Like it's that that's the kind of stuff that we're being asked now when you watch these guys play. Yeah, the the stuff that these guys all have to do has never been like 
more variable and it's created like the same kind of player in a lot of ways too which Mm -hmm. is like also going to lead to some of these rivalries as well like Cade and Jalen they're going to be guarding each other right like they're going to be trying to do the same things and like they're essentially like Cade is Cade's like like very just like fundamentally sound makes the right play like isn't very flashy and then Jalen's more like you know he's he's more exuberant and like you know, probably like more emotional. He's definitely like, you know, he's getting into all of this stuff more too. And it's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to enjoy this dynamic for the next few years. Like I'm ready for like the next, like, next like KG, Tim Duncan, like KG trying to talk shit to Tim Duncan and Tim Duncan just like, Hey, yeah, yeah. Nice try. Oh, damn. Like it, it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun. I hope, I hope that Cade's sticks to this and i hope that Jalen like doesn't get discouraged and it just by makes Jalen crazy yeah no yeah. i don't want him to get discouraged by it like you know if that's like what's gonna get you going do it like i, I love to see it okay um siri thank you so much for joining me today on the answer i think we have a bunch of things that we're excited for for the rest of the season that we want to keep seeing uh you can check out uh shows all week on the ringer nba show and siri thank you so much for joining me today chris sutton was our producer we'll be back next week